This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. A couple of years ago within this galaxy, two nerds with a passion for comics, wrestling, movies, horror, and more, would unite and create The Amazing Nerd Show. A prophecy was once spoken on the show. The prophecy of Star Wars Month where our nerdy heroes would unite again and bring a balance to the Star Wars nerdom, a balance that would free their listeners from boredom rather than leave them in darkness. Reviews and countdown lists that could very well tear the show apart. The time has come, a tremble felt throughout the galaxy. Our nerds unite for their 121st voyage into nerdom. To fulfill the prophecy, for the enjoyment of the fans. For the love of all things Star Wars. The Force will be with you. Buckle up, fly boys, we're about to kick it into light speed. Welcome to the Amazing Nerd Show. And. Welcome to Star Wars Month. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Alright, someone needs to take Grandpa's keys away. Because he's at it again. Harrison Ford in a fucking plane is just dangerous, Christian. Um, this has got to be, what, the third incident in, like, five years, I want to yes. say? Um, so I guess he accidentally maybe couldn't hear the air traffic control people and crossed onto a live runway, um, avoiding a collision, thankfully. Um, with another plane. I guess they said he was never really in any danger. But the FAA, for some reason, is looking into it. Because, you know what, Christian? He's an old-ass man, and he has no business being in a fucking plane. Damon, he's the best pilot in the galaxy. <laughs> Someone needs to tell this motherfucker he's not really Han Solo. <laughs> I, I just don't want him to die. You know? I mean, I, I know agree. he's old. And it's going to happen, but I'd rather have him go, like, peacefully in his bed, surrounded by, like, loved ones. Not in some fucking fiery crash on the runway. I mean, what sounds more Harrison Ford, though? No, you're right. Or, or you know, he gets killed by a fucking, you know, by a boa constrictor or something like that. Yeah, that, or he gets killed by a fucking giant boulder. Exactly. Well, that was absolutely the perfect story to go ahead and kick off our Star Wars month. So in honor of Star Wars Day... And uh, Empire Strikes Back's 40th anniversary, we are going to go ahead and celebrate all things Star Wars this month. We're going to have countdowns, reviews, and some special surprises. So for me, Star Wars was really like, you know, the beginning of my fandom. Um, it's the first like movie, you know, movies that I was ever passionate about, you know, as a young child. Uh, you know, from the action figures to, like, I mean, all the merchandise, really. And there was a lot of it in the 80s, and, you know, there's even more now. Um, it really was, like, the gateway to my nerdum. Yeah, I, I gotta say that's the same for me, where it's just, like, the first toy I remember ever wanting was, like, Darth Maul's uh, double lightsaber. You know, I cried when I first got that into my hands. And then just from there, falling in love with all the films, the mysticism behind the Jedi and the Sith, you know, getting into all the lore, reading all the wiki pages every every day in, like, middle school. You know, that 
I fell in love with Star Wars so hard, and I still am today. So your first like piece of like Star Wars merchandise was Maul's lightsaber. Yes, absolutely. Man, that makes me feel so fucking old. For shit. <laughs> uh, I was probably, I God, I don't know. I honestly don't remember probably my first like Star Wars toy, just because I was so young at the time. Um, you know, I, it's just like one of those things where like they just showed up. Like, <laughs> you know, if you ever ask a kid like, "Hey, where did you get that?" It just like magically appears. Like they have no idea or concept of who bought what. Um, mm-hmm. I just had a fucking collector's case filled with Star Wars figures. Like, that's how, I, you know, I don't remember anyone buying them or anything, but, like, I felt like I pretty, I mean, that thing was filled. You know, the classic Darth Vader head and everything. Um, and I still have them to this day. So I did not sell them, thankfully. Um, but, yeah, and I'm I'm a four-year-old man, and I still buy fucking Star <laughs> Wars merchandise. I've I mean, God, a closet full of shirts and just shelves filled with Black Series figures. So, and I know you're pretty much the same, right, Christian? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying. I'm still trying to get you know Millennium Falcon Legos, and I I got a couple Lego sets for Christmas this year too. So, fucking Legos are so expensive. I know. <laughs> Ava's got into the um the Lego Master Show. Oh yeah, I, w- I watched that. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh okay. There was like a Star Wars episode. I was like, oh, I'll get you some Star Wars Legos. And I forgot how much those things fucking cost. Yeah, they're up there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, just for like a little set, they want like twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. But people are buying them, obviously, because Jesus. Um, but yeah, no, I yeah, we're definitely passionate about Star Wars, and that's why we're celebrating this month. So to start off and kick off Star Wars Month, we're gonna go ahead and count down our favorite moments in star wars history me and christian sat down we hammered out and collaborated on a top 20 list of all our favorite star Wars moments on the big screen and the little screen so we're not including the novels we're not including you know a lot of the expanded universe um video games um this is just you know on film or on tv pretty much so uh all that matters took a lot of blood (laughs) a lot of sweat a lot of tears (laughs) <laughs> a lot of meditation yes yes <laughs> this podcast almost ended a few times but we got it done the dust settled and we have a top 20 that i'm pretty proud of so without any further ado let's go ahead and get it started now loading the 20 best moments in star wars history number 20 you need a pilot fn2187 saves poe the Force FN2187. Awakens. F- what? That's the only name they ever gave me. Well, I ain't using it. FN, huh? Finn, I'm gonna call you Finn. Is that all right? Finn. Yeah. Finn, I'm not- all right, Damon. This was the moment Poe met Finn and actually gave Finn his fucking name, which is surprising. Uh, <laughs> this was a great moment. Um, both of them really started their bromance here. It's really where we would have saw this future of love between two men in Star Wars. <laughs> but that didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen, which is the unfortunate part. Uh-huh. But <laughs> It should have, you know. Absolutely. Um, it would made for a hell of an arc, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. It only made sense. I mean, the moment they looked at each other right after Poe got off of his ship. I mean, you, you would have thought, you know. <laughs> okay. Match made in heaven. Uh, I think it would have been I cool, ship. though, but they didn't go there, unfortunately. Um, 
yeah, for me, one of my favorite parts of like the sequel trilogy is really, you know, these two characters' relationship. The actors just have such great chemistry on screen, and this is, you know, our first example of it. So, uh, you know, yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite moments in Star Wars history. Exactly. It just showed so much raw, genuine character from both of them. Number 19. Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order, Clone Wars. I'm sorry, Master. I'm not coming back. You know, at the time that this took place, it really felt like the final chapter in Ahsoka's arc. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, I think that's what makes it such a moving moment. And it really, you know, I think as viewers, we're kind of seeing the Jedi Order in a different light because of the character of Ahsoka. And a light that we never saw, like, on film. So I, I really, really enjoyed this. I mean, I... I I don't know. It just resonates. Absolutely. I mean, it showed the, the flaws of the Jedi. And I'm, I'm not afraid to admit, Ahsoka, for me, when I first met her as a character, I hated her, just like most of the fandom. And then the way that they handled her character throughout the entire show in general and leading up to this like moment. For, I mean, at the time, this was like her final arc for all of us. Uh, this was incredible. And if you think about it, she's got one of the strongest arcs of any like Star Wars character. She's one of the Absolutely. characters that like exhibit the most growth throughout like the Clone Wars series. So I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah. It, it just really feels like they took the most risks and challenges of any character in Star Wars with her. Yeah, and how exciting it is with like season 7 and everything and obviously we haven't seen the finale yet. Um, and then with like Rebels, like seeing her story carry on, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's just been a great ride. Number 18. I am one with the Force, the Force is with me. Rogue One. I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me. Rogue One as a film in general showed us like the hardcoreness of like war in Star Wars. And this scene in particular with Sharut, you know, walking through the middle of this battlefield where you're watching all of our heroes and their kind of final moments on this on this battle um you know and it's like this very like you're you're hoping he reaches the marker you're it's it's so tight and nerve-wrenching watching this very like explicit war scene happening in a star wars film i thought this was really well handled and probably one of the main reasons why rogue one sticks out so much as a film in general uh, i just love the moment because it's a man in his faith you know and yes. just you know mm -hmm. he that's all he has. He's armed with his faith, and that's what, you know, basically carries him to succeed in this moment. So, um, it, it, what's how, what makes Rogue One so great? It's basically Star Wars does a war film. So, I mean, it, it brings the war to Star Wars. The fact that this film does feel like a war movie is one of the reasons I love it so much. Number 17. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. A new hope. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. This is just a badass line. I mean, it really is. I mean, watching this, like, you know, noble, you know, wise wizard warrior sacrifice himself, um, really, you know, hold up his lightsaber, letting Vader strike him down, knowing that he'll go on to guide Luke and becoming like a master Jedi um, and, you know, bringing balance back to the force or so we thought. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just a great scene. Um, and one of the reasons I love Star Wars so much. No, yeah. I mean, 
I started with episode four, uh, like most people should. And, um, you know, like there was so much mystery behind what, you know, is the force? How does the force work? And so this line, this badass line, you know, you don't know what's coming from it after that. Uh, You don't know what's going to happen in episodes five and six, you know, with the force ghosts and everything. So it was very just like this ultimate sacrifice that he puts in Mm -hmm. with this great, powerful line. It was a great moment in the film. Number 16. Mandu has a change of heart and rescues baby Yoda. The Mandalorian. So this is where this Western, you know, goes all lone wolf and cub on us. Um, It's a great moment. We see, like, the Mandalorian's true colors here. Yes, he's got this gruff exterior, but, you know, deep down he's still that kid who needs to be saved by the Mandalorians, you know, on the battlefield. Um, and it just, it sets the tone and, you know, what we're going to see, you know, for the rest of the story. And yeah, I love how later on, you know, you see all the Mandalorians come out to help him. And, you know, after all these credences and rules have been like placed in front of us in the show, them just breaking it to, you know, show their bond and friendship with it. This is the way. Number 15. Anakin slaughters the younglings. The revenge of the Sith. There are too many of them. What are we going to do? If you wanted to see how dark Anakin could become, this is how dark he can become. Um, Anakin slaughtering younglings was definitely not something I was prepared for when I went to go see the movie. I, like, I knew, I know the evil of Darth Vader, but I never thought they would actually take it to that limit in Star Wars. Absolutely not. So it's crazy <laughs> to see that. Yeah, it was kind of out of left field. It did. It was just, I don't know. It felt like it was like in a different movie. Um, it, it became like a horror movie all of a sudden. I thought it mm. was like metal is all hell. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I'm sick. Um, but what a great way to really convey the transformation from Anakin to Darth Vader. That, you know, this character that, you know, we kind of like <laughs> in the first two movies, you know, willing to steep down to these depths um, to serve his master. Number 14. Ray saves Finn the Force Awakens. You know, throughout Force Awakens, there are a lot of little clues and hints that we're going to get to this moment eventually, but it mm-hmm. still doesn't change how iconic of a moment it really is. I remember still seeing this opening weekend and just the pop from the crowd once she fucking sparks up that lightsaber and saves Finn's ass. Absolutely. And it really like showed off like how powerful she could be. Um, it really made this really awesome character moment for her. And I definitely think it deserves to be on this list. Number 13. The Jedi Master reveals himself. Return of the Jedi. Jabba, this is your last chance. Free us or die. This is absolutely one of my favorite Luke moments. Um, and really kind of starts off at Jabba's palace when he walks in all in black, just looking like a fucking badass. Um, no fear whatsoever um, without a lightsaber. Uh, but then, you know, when he's on Jabba's barge and, you know, it looks like they're down to their last bullet. He's sitting on that plank and he gives a little nod to R2 and that fucking lightsaber comes shooting out and he fucking flips around <laughs> somehow. <laughs> it's just an insane moment and we get to see luke as just this like fully formed jedi master finally um as he just takes out all the fucking jabba's men 
Um, you know, and then we, we even get a nice little moment with Leia choking out Jabba. I mean, it really is Luke's coming out party as like a Jedi Master. No, it, what a great reintroduction. To, I mean, not only just to him, but like the whole gang and that whole scene. I mean, you get really just great elements from each character. But, you know, Luke stands out the most. He's so, he's so confident in that moment that it's really telling, you know, how much he's been training, you know, how well he put that new lightsaber together. You know, it's just how, how great of a character he can be in that moment. It was a great start to this film. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, like I said, when Luke walks into Jabba's palace and he just has fucking ice in his veins. I mean, just the way that he confronts Jabba and... He, He's just unflappable. Number 12. Death of Quiggin. The Phantom Menace. Fuck Qui-Gon. <laughs> <laughs> He's a shitty fucking Jedi. There I said it. <laughs> okay. Not where I thought this was going. <laughs> So you, you're into this moment for the death of Qui-Gon, not, <laughs> Absolute, not the, not the fucking insanely <laughs> wonderful, beautiful display of artistry that is this Jedi, you know, battle. No, it's it's Qui-Gon fucking dying. Oh, okay. Man. Just, I mean, if you say Christian, so. <laughs> I was so happy to see him die at this point in the movie. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's a great lightsaber battle. Don't get me wrong. The music is fucking fantastic. Duel of Fates. But for me, it's all about Qui-Gon biting the big one. <laughs> he just, I mean, if you watch him throughout the entire fucking movie, I mean, he's just the worst. He's the worst Jedi. You gotta be careful, man. Liam Neeson's gonna. Hey, hey man, <laughs> Liam Neeson's a great actor, but this was not his fucking like crowning moment. I just, I, I don't, I don't care for the character. I, I don't feel like Lucas understood what the fuck the Force was at this point because it doesn't seem Qui Gon <laughs> could use it the right way. Like I didn't know what the hell was going on. So, uh, I, yeah, no, no, but I mean, really, it is a great lightsaber battle, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. This was fully realized Jedi versus Sith. Yes. And that's why, you know, this is one of the greatest moments in this film and trilogy in general. Yes, yes. I don't know if any lightsaber battle really has lived up to this one yet. I mean, you know, maybe one that we talked about later on. It's just such a beautiful display of, you mm. know, of promise of what we could be getting, you know, you know, further on down the road. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe what we got in this past episode of Clone Wars, where they actually mo-capped uh, Ray Park again. Yes. <laughs> was a fan- that was a great That was fight. a great fucking lightsaber battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think maybe this just doesn't rank higher on my list just because of I didn't care for Qui-Gon. So <laughs> once again, I'll reinstate Fuck Qui-Gon. He does suck. I, I'm not afraid to admit <laughs> Number 11. Kylo kills Snoke. The Last Jedi. And now, foolish child, he ignites it and kills his true enemy. And this is really, I mean, the entire scene, the, the entire throne room scene and the teaming up of, you know, Kylo and Rey. Um, just, you know, being completely stunned by, you know, Kylo killing Snoke. Um, 
you know, we get this like epic glance at what could have been really with, you know, their team up and just this one of the greatest lightsaber battles, you know, on screen. I mean, probably second to maybe, you know, Duel of Fates. No, absolutely. The choreography in this scene is bar none as close, I think, as perfect to Duel of Fates as it could get. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a great moment of like, you get this symmetry and the balance between the two of them. You see the way that they fight. Um, and I definitely was like all about like this gray Jedi thing that I was trying to get to happen during. Oh, uh, okay. So. Well, and I think that's what makes this moment so great is just like, as an audience member, you have this like glimmer of hope that, you know, this is going mm-hmm. to be Kylo, you know, turning back to the light side. And, you know, we just get this like, what the fuck moment of him killing Snoke. You're like, because, I mean, I didn't see that coming at all. You know, this is this is oh, really, yeah. like, in our minds, this is the emperor of this trilogy. So to see him, like, you know, get taken out halfway through the second film is kind of a what-the-fuck moment. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think when you're seeing them battle together, you're seeing the great chemistry and everything, you're kind of like, a, start, you start imagining these two, like, teaming up against the First mm-hmm. Order. But then they do like the classic wrestling 101 move of giving us the false face turn, you know, and then the <laughs> re-heel turn, um, you know, within the next, you know, a couple minutes after the battle. You're like, oh, no, this is this wasn't a move out of the goodness of his heart. You know, he's not siding with the resistance. This was a power play, you know, and this was him trying to manipulate Ray into joining. Oh, absolutely. Him. It drew the lines and it really showed where he could become the next big bad for the series. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Yes, it did not. <laughs> Number 10. Luke stands against the entire First Order, The Last Jedi. So this is by far my favorite moment in The Last Jedi. This is kind of like the Luke Skywalker we're all kind of hoping to get throughout you know, from the start of the movie, really, and throughout. Um, but I do, overall, I did enjoy his arc because we got to this moment. I do wish he was really there during it. But the fact that he's facing down, you know, the entire First Order and Kylo is fucking terrified of him. <laughs> Where he's <laughs> literally just having them blast away. And then once all the dust settles and we still see Luke sitting there, just just a fantastic moment. No, and just the the planet was designed to like make that shot even more beautiful with all the the smoke and everything coming up. Yeah. It was really well done and then just to see him exuding that same kind of confidence that we saw at the barge. Yes. <laughs> you know, as he walks out after millions of blasts just came his way. Perfect. Like I said, like perfect. I mean Once again, I understand the arc that, you know, Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. was going for with Luke. I do. Um, but man, what if we got a whole movie with this, you know, this version <laughs> of Luke? I I don't know, man. It is what it is, though. <laughs> Number nine, Han shoots first. A new hope. I don't care what George Lucas says. <laughs> I know he's the creator. I know this is his piece of work and he can do whatever the fuck he wants with it, but Han Solo shot first. It means everything to that character. It was the perfect introduction to him. Um, you know, and it's like the start of this perfect 
arc. The fact that he went back and re-edited it, it just really, you know, takes the wind out of the sails mm. of, you know, who Han really is. It really hurts, you know, the moment at the end of the movie where Han eventually comes back and, you know, saves his friends. So, you know, I love everything that, you know, is happening around that scene. You know, this really, it's kind of the introduction to, like, the whole Star Wars universe, you know, all in the fucking cantina. You know, seeing, you know, this, like, you know, melting pot of different aliens and everything. Um, just breathtaking, you know, as a young kid watching that. Uh, but yeah, no, Han shot first, damn it. No, it's crazy, like, how much they've edited it over time as well. Like, they still, like, when it came to Disney+, Plus, they edited yes. it again. Yes! I don't, I, it's so bizarre. And then he, like, says something, an alien or something, right? Yeah, a perclunky or something, something like that. Something weird. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Um, I'm still, like, you know, hoping that, you know, and I thought it maybe would be this year, that, you know, Disney would, like, actually release, hmm. like, the unedited versions of the original trilogy. But, you know, I guess I shouldn't hold my breath. <laughs> no, it's it's scenes like these that make your character three-dimensional. And when you change it, it, it takes away the meaning of his heroism later on. Mm -hmm. um, I totally agree. It shouldn't be changed, and Han fucking shot first. Number eight, Walker Down. The Empire Strikes Back. One of my favorite things about Star Wars in general is all the fucking ships. And, you know, this scene is awesome to see them going up against these massive walkers, these AT-ATs. Um, at it. And them AT-ATs. And, no, this is the... No, we're not doing this this episode. <laughs> AT-ATs. Um, you know, they're outnumbered, they're outgunned, and, you know, to finally get this moment where they take down one of the walkers in the most you know, ingenuitive ways that they could possibly think of uh, is definitely awesome and great uh, to see. And it's one of, like, it's one of the most tension-filled, you know, battles in the um, trilogy. Absolutely. Number seven. I love you. I know. Empire Strikes Back. I love you. I know. So this moment is Han Solo in a nutshell. He is facing impending doom and he still has like the wits about him to play it cool with the girl like <laughs> <laughs> you know she spouts out this i love you and he looks at her and says i know as he gets fucking frozen in carbonite i mean come on now like <laughs> i drop trial right there christian <laughs> who wouldn't fall in love with han solo right there <laughs> No, it's absolutely a great scene. I mean, people put that on their wedding bands nowadays. It's such actually, you know what? Line. I think my I have two friends who actually have it on their wedding bands. It's funny that you said exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> Number six. Ahsoka versus Vader. Rebels. Weak. I destroyed him. Then I will avenge his death. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. So this was the confrontation between like Master and Apprentice that fans have been waiting for. Um, and this epic battle did not disappoint. I will argue this moment, um, even though animated carries like more weight than what we saw between like Obi-Wan and like Anakin and the, their final battle. 
Um, and even though it's just for a fleeting moment, you really see how much like Ahsoka means to Anakin. Yeah, there's just so much raw, organic like emotion in this scene. It's probably one of my favorite things in animation in like the last ten years in general. Mm-hmm. Like they handled it so well. It's so fucking dark too for kids. Yes, but it's so well handled. There's it's such a great battle, and I do agree. It has so much more weight than obi-wan versus anakin and that's that's saying a lot for you know that's the pinnacle of the prequel trilogy i guess (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about that later (laughs) but no i i agree 100 percent. i mean it really it's just raw emotion and it's kind of what everyone like since the beginning of clone wars was wondering about like what this confrontation would look like and we finally got Mm -hmm. it and it did not disappoint Before we move on, this week's episode is sponsored by Bespoke Post. Hey, Damon, did you get your box of awesome yet? Yeah, I ended up getting the Weekender. It's absolutely the nicest bag I've ever owned. With everything going on right now, it's just great to be able to shop without having to leave the house and step inside a store, which is why I'm so excited to share that we've partnered with Bespoke Post to give all our listeners 20% off their first box. That's right, Damon. Bespoke Post is the kind of service every man needs, curated for men with discerning taste. Every month, subscribers get to choose a themed box of awesome filled with unique items, from styling and grooming gear to unique items for your home and outdoor gear. I mean, like, they got barware, whiskey barrel aging kits, and even outdoor hammocks. Like I said, I chose the Weekender, and once things get back to normal, it's going to be the perfect bag to travel with during con season. Christian, this bag is made to last. It's built from thick, capable canvas with a heavy-duty reinforced frame that can take a serious beating. The Box of Awesome has carefully built these collections for every part of your life, and selections usually come from artisanal brands, the kind of products that you won't find in most stores or even on Amazon. It's as easy as this. They'll send you a list at the beginning of each month showing you what's going to be in your box. You can even switch those items or even skip those items if they don't appeal to you, free of charge. So my dad's an avid hunter, so for his birthday, I ended up getting him the Forge Box. It comes with these Damascus steel blade knives. They're actually so beautiful, he ended up putting them on his wall to show off. Yeah, you guys gotta try it out. All you have to do is sign up. It's free. Take the quiz on what you like and don't like, and Bespoke Post will handpick your first box on the spot. And remember, you can skip a month or cancel at any time. Best of all, every box is packed with over $75 worth of gear inside, but will only cost you $45. So that's tons of value. And like we said up top, you're gonna get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NERDSHOW20 at checkout. That's right, people. Head over to boxofawesome.com Use that code NERDSHOW20 and get 20% off your first box now. Number 5. Into the Garbage Chute Flyboy. Luke and Han meet Leia. A new hope. So, Leia's just not your average princess. (laughs) When we get to meet her, she comes out straight out the gate making fun of Luke and Han in general. And that whole scene, you really get this idea of this really awesome character that she is. And that she's this take charge leader as well. You know, um, she's telling the boys that are there to save her how to get out of this situation. She's saving them. And it's such a great introduction to her as a character. 
as well as um, just the dynamic between the three of them. You get this great chemistry back and forth between her and Han and Luke trying to just wrangle them together. It's such a fun Yeah, moment. absolutely. And it almost feels like she's annoyed that she's being rescued. Like it's like they're <laughs> getting in the way of her plan to like, you know, uh-huh. save herself. <laughs> I mean, that's why I love the moment so much. It really just is a great setup for, you know, the character. Number four, Han comes back. Death Star 1, Trench Run. A New Hope. What? This is when Han goes from being like a selfish space pirate, as we talked about before, to being a true hero. Um, You know, we get to see his true colors as he aids Luke in taking down the Death Star. Nah, man, I'm just in it for the TIE Fighter noises, (laughs) if we're being honest. I mean, I fucking love the screech of a tiger <laughs> and this whole scene is just uh-huh. like the entire time it's intense um, though it's I an intense scene it's still it, fucking it's absolutely intense. it still plays well no it looks beautiful it's toys running across but i mean it looks great what they were able to do with special effects for that time beautiful it still looks great to this day it made for a great arcade game. exactly i still play that arcade game when i can <laughs> i've beaten that <laughs> number three Vader Unleashed. Rogue One. This was the reminder that we all needed about what makes Darth Vader one of the greatest villains in cinema history. Um, You know, over time, he's become so entrenched in pop culture He's become as iconic as like Mickey Mouse, Superman, Apple Pie, the American flag, the whole shebang. But I think he's become kind of like just, you know, just because we've seen him so much, you know, we've been he's been overexposed and he's become like almost Mm -hmm. watered down. Well, Rogue One in one scene undid all of it. (laughs) You know, we got a look, finally a look at Vader at full force. Just mowing down fucking rebel soldiers. Oh, it's it's horrifying. Like this is like his like Michael Myers moment where he's just charging down at them and killing everything in sight. It's fucking awesome. And they're just begging, <laughs> <laughs> begging at the door. No, I, like this. I would like to see a whole movie. Well, exactly. This, and that, you know, <laughs> like this made me want a Jedi hunt movie more than ever. Mm. You know, that's something I've been clamoring for for years. But this right here, just, I mean, this was just fucking Vader is full glory. Give me more of this. Number two, Vader Redemption, The Return of the Jedi. All right, this was the culmination of his arc. I mean, we got to see Vader from the evil guy <laughs> in the hallway all the way to, you know, the the somewhat okay dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to win Father of the Year anytime soon, though. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was great to get this moment between him and Luke and just him throwing over Palpatine in general. But that fight beforehand has so much raw emotion. You know, I love the moment that Luke finally loses it and actually goes at him and they're, mm. you know, 
how brutal Luke was getting uh, when he's charged up. I thought that was just a well-handled fight. You know, it, it doesn't have crazy stunts and choreography, but it has that raw feeling behind it. No, it's it. visceral. And it's really, it's a, a battle for, like, Luke's soul. Um, you know, and the yes. fact that you've got the Emperor in the background just cackling away um, it just adds so much to the scene. Uh, and then, you know, Vader finally waking up to what's happening and watching his son dying in front of him. I mean, it is. It, I mean, Vader's redemption is a great final act for the character. Number one. I am Yout Father. The Empire Strikes Back. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. Now, as predictable and safe as this pick is, there's a reason for it. It's absolutely one of the most iconic moments, not just in Star Wars history, in film history. I think it is absolutely one of the biggest fucking, you know, plot twists, you know, that we've ever seen, you know, in cinema. As a kid, I remember where I was when I first saw the scene and what it meant to me and like how absolutely like just a gasp I was and just confused and, you know, almost like in denial like Luke <laughs> when this scene happened that I like went through these painstaking lengths as an adult to preserve this moment for my daughter. Like I made sure like she had like at the time <laughs> she had a bunch of like Star Wars books and she actually had an Empire Strikes Back one that kind of retold the story. And I made sure she did not touch that book until she saw this movie. And like any good father should or a Star Wars fan should, you know, I made sure that she started with the original trilogy so she could get the full effect of this moment because I feel like it really just sets up your love you know, your fandom for Star Wars. Absolutely. I'm not sure if I knew the moment beforehand or not, because it was like something that's so passed around. That's like such an iconic line. Every, I mean, everyone says it wrong nowadays, but it happens I still like, say it wrong. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> um, it's such a powerful moment, and it resonates throughout pop culture in general. I think that, I don't think there's a medium out there that doesn't talk about this scene. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a moment where you can just um, quote it and everyone knows exactly what you're talking about, even if they haven't seen Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, the, and the scene in general, you know, everything that you got with them on the ledge and the fight beforehand is so beautiful. Um, I love the fight between Vader and Luke in this film. And uh, there's so much rage and like you can understand why Yoda would not want Luke to go into this fight. You know, there's a lot of the force that... Um, Luke doesn't no, understand. He, he absolutely is not ready for this exactly. at all, like for this battle. Um, and you see it, you know, there's absolutely, there's a reason why Yoda and Obi-Wan did not want, you know, Luke to take off and save his friends um, because they knew this is what would happen. Uh, it, it just, once again, the fact that he gets his fucking hand cut off right before this moment too. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you want to talk about a one-two punch. I Vader once again is not going to win any Father of the Year awards. Um, <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to teach a child a lesson, yeah, right? Um, <laughs> but I mean, just Mark Hamill's performance in this moment too, mm. just how distraught he is and how he's just crying and screaming. No, I mean, you could feel his pain like through the screen. 
No, there's a genuine shrill in his voice. It's Hamill's performance that really takes this moment to the next level. All right, well, before we move on, support for The Amazing Nerd Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Christian, my bachelor days are way behind me, but I remember being a younger man running around before a big date you know, having to manscape using those old-fashioned trimmers. I mean, you you practically might as well be using, like, a chainsaw or something because you'd get a nick with those things, and you'd practically bleed out. That's why I'm so excited that Manscaped has gone ahead and redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and I'm happy to announce they just released the brand new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. That's right, man. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the new LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Christian, I've never had a better look at my balls. But let me tell you, the thing that impresses me the most is they've upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand has a rapid charging dock powered by a USB. I know I have mine displayed proudly on my fireplace mantle, so everyone knows I rock it high and tight, baby. That's right, it's time to trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping using the code NERDSHOW20. I don't think you heard me, guys. I said get 20% off and free shipping when you head over to manscaped.com today using the code NERDSHOW20 at checkout. And make sure you tell them the nerd sent you. Christian, just like the chosen one, we must bring balance to the force or this countdown. Let's talk <laughs> our top five worst Star Wars moments. Now loading the five worst moments in Star Wars history. Number five. Obi-Wan has the high ground. Revenge of the Sith. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. You underestimate my power. Don't try it. Christian, I know this is super quotable, but what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> You know, it's fighting 101. Whoever has the high ground wins. This is one of the stupidest fucking lines that I've ever heard. Like, I mean, we just watched them flipping and jumping. And like, I mean, this epic fucking battle, you know, through the lava pits of fucking Mustafar. I mean, there's tons of moments where fucking Obi-Wan is higher than Anakin and vice versa. Why is this? supposed to be like the end of the fight like he he's one checkmate and why does anakin fall for it i don't know how is this the <laughs> end of the battle <laughs> it doesn't 
He's like an extremely skilled fighter too, which is the. It doesn't make part. any sense. It's over, Anakin. No, it's not. It's not over. <laughs> <laughs> I have the force, you dumbass. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it makes no sense. All he has to do is fucking force choke him, or throw him, or just wait till Obi Wan comes down, <laughs> or walk away. <laughs> Yeah, Obi-Wan is the one chasing him. Yeah, right? I don't, like, it, it makes no sense. He could have just floated off like, okay, bye. <laughs> it's fun to quote, but it makes no fucking sense. And I think it's part of the reason why it's so fun to quote is because it's ridiculous. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, man. That, maybe it's just me. The series is all memes. So. <laughs> the prequels, absolutely. Number four. Wait, the unexplained return of Palpatine. Cannot be. Rise of Skywalker. Dark signs. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Dark science, Christian. Secrets only the Sith know. And apparently the writers don't. Because this is the laziest (laughs) fucking bullshit I've ever heard. I mean, this is absolutely everything that's wrong with this film in one sentence. The fact that they tried to explain away (laughs) the fact, you know, that the Emperor has somehow come back to life and amass this giant army behind him and has this whole fucking church of Sith worshiping him. And it was underneath everyone's fucking nose. And that's how they explain Everything boiled down to, if there was ever a hard issue, it came down to, it's the Force. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Well, and this, this is the thing. You know, I don't expect tons of explanation. I don't need it with the Star Wars movies. There's a lot of moments like this where they, you know... They use the scroll for a reason. So we just jump into the movie and it, it, you know, it plays like those old school fucking, you know, serials. But this, I mean, you got to give us more than this. You know, the emperor's (laughs) all of a sudden back. We don't know how. We're not getting anything. Like it took what was like six months later when the the, uh, novelization was released where we started to finally fill in the blanks, you know, whether we liked it or not. But, I mean, it, it's just laziness. And it just shows you that they just had too much film for their runtime. The fact that they couldn't fucking hammer down a concrete explanation to what the fuck is going on. You know, I mean, it's just, it's once again, it's everything that's wrong with this film. <laughs> Number three. Boba Fett falls into the Sarlacc pit. Return of the Jedi. This man that I never met before, you know, who introduced me to this wonderful universe, he can give it and he can take it away so quickly. (laughs) We get this awesome character, Boba Fett, who's been hyped up through fucking merchandise. I mean, everything imaginable. His face is on literally on my underoos. Okay. (laughs) His face is on my underoos. Like my toy. I loved Boba Fett. And then within what like the first half hour of return of the jedi they kill him off in one of the fucking dopiest fashions of all time <laughs> you couldn't at least let him go out like a fucking you know badass bounty hunter you had to have Han <laughs> accidentally trigger his fucking jetpack and then shoot him off into the fucking sarlacc pit screaming like a fucking bitch it's pure gold it's comedy <laughs> it's pure bullshit christian pure bullshit this once again this is proof that george just doesn't understand his fan base (laughs) 
He's so invested in these fuzzy little fucking Ewoks that he forgets what really brought him to the dance is these cool fucking characters. I mean, I get it. You want to sell toys? Fine. But, I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, and then, like, once again, during Phantom Menace, we get this all over again with fucking Darth Maul. Don't forget Captain Phasma. Yes! <laughs> but that's not George's fault. I totally fell for that's that. That's not George's fault. I feel like that was JJ just trying to, like, keep it full uh, I thought circle. she was going to be a huge character that's going to have, like, total badass moments, and they totally played that up. She, like, even the actress uh, was saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be this badass character. And, you know, they did nothing. But, yeah, Boba Fett got, got the shits. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, thank God. I love that scene. Thank God but... for fandom to like you know pull him up to the mm-hmm. levels that he is, you know, that he's at right now, just through the expanded universe and everything like that. I mean, it shows you like what you know how much the character actually resonated. I mean, without like you know fans' dedication to the character and you know writers' dedication to the character, we wouldn't be having like you know these wonderful arcs about Mandalore and Clone Wars and you know the Mandalorian like TV show. That's all on the back of, like, Bobo Fat. Exactly. And hopefully he still shows up in the next season. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not holding my breath. Number two. It's treason then. Revenge of the Sith. Not yet. It's treason then. Well, we talked about quotable moments earlier. But, I mean, nothing is better than this scene with Palpatine versus Windu, where we finally get re- the reveal of <laughs> who the Emperor is this whole time. It's it's terrible. The CG is awful. The scream is awful. The faces. Everything. The fucking faces, <laughs> the faces that he's making are so laughable. It's quotable for all the wrong reasons. Uh-huh. I mean, you take this, what could have been such a great moment... And you just fucking flush it down the toilet with this hokey bullshit. Like, I thought, you know, it was weird when we saw, I mean, seeing Yoda with a lightsaber in episode two was, it was a little funny at times, but it wasn't too crazy. But seeing this old man go like flying in circles at them. You know, (laughs) see, I don't, I can forgive the fighting style if he wasn't, you know, if it wasn't for all the facials that he's making. The Like, stop, (laughs) stop. Who's telling you to do this? That's what I don't Probably understand. Luke. Lucas. Oh, God. It's just so cringeworthy. Like, I actually, when I watched this with my daughter, I felt a little embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And she actually ended up loving it. But I think, once again, for all the wrong reasons, just because it's, mm-hmm. it's she found it funny, like, watching him make these fucking faces. Number one. Anakin and Padme take a roll down a hill on Naboo. Attack of the Clones. Sounds an awful lot like a dictatorship to me. Well, if it works. I don't know if it's, you know, Lucas's wooden dialogue or just the lack of chemistry between the actors, but this is what's wrong pretty much with the prequels in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. I mean, if these two would have actually had chemistry and we would believe in the relationship, then maybe, you know, the arc of Anakin would actually have more meaning to it. Um, But you just never believe that these two characters are in love and that this, you know, Anakin would 
go to the lengths that he does to save her life. You know, he, he literally turns to the fucking dark side and slaughters younglings for crying out loud. Um, and if you look at this scene, I mean, it feels like a high school play. You know, it feels like nice. two actors who don't really know each other just going mm-hmm. through the motion. No, I saw more chemistry between Peter and MJ in the Sam Raimi tr- trilogy, and that's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's saying something. Um, and, you know, I can't, I feel like I can't give George Lucas any excuses because there was a lot of chemistry between a brother and sister. In, oh, a lot, um, a lot more chemistry, which exactly. is just weird. <laughs> But, you know, whatever. Uh, whatever floats your boat, George. Um, but, yeah, all kidding aside, though, I mean, this I mean, th- this was really kind of like the downfall of, you know, the prequels. I mean, besides all the politics and all the other bullshit, you know, but just if these two would have worked well on screen together, I mean, how much more would Atticus' arc mean? How much more weight would there be at that moment where Atticus chooses you know, to follow the emperor. It just doesn't work just, though, like, unfortunately. No, their relationship just doesn't make sense. No. It doesn't feel right. No, it at feels all. creepy, right? Because she's like like how old is she in uh Phantom Menace? <laughs> she's fourteen and he's eight. Is she? That's that's the last time I checked. Really? Okay. Because I feel like she's a little older <laughs> and he's like seven or eight. So it's just weird. You know? It is. It, it, but I mean it's not just that. It's like She's okay with him being a psychopath. She's okay with him going on rampages of death and still trying to make it work. When she's like also this like humanitarian, like oh, trying to Annie. constantly save lives. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like we know Natalie Portman is a fucking like an Oscar winning actress, incredibly talented, but you would have no idea by watching these films. You know, but I I can't put it like, and we've seen her, we saw her in movies before this. So, I mean, it, it it's not, you know, the actor's fault. It's just such a cringe worthy scene. Um, mm-hmm. and just so disappointing and depressing. Like now when I like, once again, once I go back and revisit these <laughs> films, you know, with my daughter, cause I really haven't watched them, you know, besides a couple scenes here and there. I don't know if it's just like over the years, you know, the heart grows fonder since I hadn't seen him in so long, but like in rewatching them once again with my daughter, like I forgot like how uncomfortable some of these scenes were, <laughs> like just how much, you know, they just didn't work. Um, you know, that, that there's a whole, what, like 15 minutes of this, like in the middle of the movie, um, while they're on Naboo and it just, it, it doesn't work and it's painful. Just painful to watch. Yeah, he comes off so creepy, especially that pear scene. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, yes. Oh, God. All right, let's move on. <laughs> we we really do love Star Wars. <laughs> we said 20 great things yes, before. Yes, we did. So just pay attention yes. to that. Yes, this is why we kept the list of five. It's just because we're so passionate about the films, Christian. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Thank you, George. <laughs> before we head out make sure to head over to dramacityproductions.com where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts you can also join us on bigheadsmedia.com where there's even more amazing podcasts that's right if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform make sure you subscribe rate and give us a five-star review 
yeah, it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep on going. And you know what? If you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and see the full versions of these articles, plus a whole lot more. Yeah, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show. That's your nerd hub for all things pop culture. Hey, and if you're looking to further support the show, go ahead and buy some merch over at Public. They have shirts. They have sweatshirts. I think they have mugs, bumper stickers. The works, man. Absolutely. And you can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and find our merch there as well. Yeah, while you're at it, go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. All right, next week we're going to talk the season finale of Clone Wars. The series finale, actually. Yeah, right? It's crazy. Um, And we're also going to be counting down our favorite Star Wars characters of all time. As Star Wars Month continues. Yes. All right, my name's Christian. And my name's David. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here everything is soft. And smooth.